Hey. Welcome to the second Sunday of Lent, my friends. Today I wanted to bring you some of the ponderings of my spirit on living with the reality of death. Um, I have some personal stuff to share that gets a little dark, but stay with me. Everything's going to be all right. At the beginning of January, when I was on vacation with my family in California, uh, I picked up a head cold my brother had caught on his flight from Toronto. Under the circumstances, I fully expected my immune system to activate, and so a swollen lymph node on the right side of my neck didn't surprise me. However, the cold came and went, and the peach pit-sized, painless, rubbery lump remained. There was nothing that felt normal or good about it for me. I'm 25 years old. My mama Trudy, my maternal grandmother, died from cancer when she was 25 years old. She had my mother in February of 1970, and in July of 1971, she was gone. I hadn't outlived her in years yet, and I've never been able to fully shake the thought that I won't. When I was a teenager, my best friend and I once had a conversation about the prospect of dying. He said to me that day, and with a seriousness I won't soon forget, that if he found out he had a year to live, he wouldn't tell a soul. It made me sad, in a way, that someone I love so dearly wouldn't give me a word of warning before vanishing from my life. On the other hand, there was something very romantic about it to me, braving the approach of death on one's own and keeping the suffering to oneself rather than giving it to everyone else to carry. I kind of wanted to be effing metal like that. <laughs> so I didn't tell anyone I had a lump that could be cancer. I gave myself all kinds of reasons not to. I didn't know for sure. I didn't want to lose future opportunities because people assumed I could be going through treatment. And I didn't want to hurt my mother, who had already celebrated the fact that the second of her children had made it past Mama Trudy. And for a while, I was pretty zen about it. Soberly, I booked a doctor's appointment and started construction on the cancer timeline in my imagination. How I would break the news to friends, family, colleagues, and assuring them of how unlikely I was to die from this kind of cancer, thinking about the right place to live while I was undergoing chemo, how I, was, how I would sustain myself financially, the kinds of spiritual practices that would keep me from despair, what support I needed from my community, and so on. I took to saying the word lymphoma out loud, so it stopped making my blood run cold. I pictured myself bald, sickly, Still me, beautiful. I monitored myself for other symptoms of lymphoma and didn't panic when I had itchy skin or fatigue because it wasn't quite so severe as my research said I should worry about. I meditated on the goodness of my body before, after, through illness. I would say over and over again, my body is not my enemy. I touched the lump a lot, yup. Still there. People would ask me how I was doing, 
and I would do a little math problem in my head, how I was actually feeling, minus the existence of the lump. I said I was doing okay, a lot. My doctor's appointment was starting to get closer. The existence of two timelines, the cancer timeline and the not cancer timeline, was starting to feel heavier and heavier. My resolve not to say anything began to weaken. I thought maybe telling one person would be okay. I had time set aside for a spiritual direction with Rachel coming up and I gave myself permission to tell her about it, if in the moment that's what made the most sense to me. And so, after almost a month of silently living under this mysterious threat, I talked to someone about it. It really did make me feel better. It was good to rest in being listened to and for my pain to be understood by another person. It also unlocked the chamber in my heart in which I had compartmentalized my fear. The reality that I really could be diagnosed with cancer in a matter of days morphed from a dense, abstract ache into an uncaged, squawking terror. Instead of feeling a measured acceptance of both timelines, I began to hope desperately that I would be spared from suffering. I dreaded the unlived days on my calendar, whilst also frantically stealing my nerves for this shoe to drop. Instead of an almost sly self-assurance that I could handle the existence of this lump by myself, I could feel in every fiber of my being that I was in real danger, in real trouble, and needed help. A few days before my doctor's appointment, I had scheduled some time to catch up with a friend of mine. I wasn't totally sure if I was going to tell them about the lump, but a natural point in the conversation allowed me to open up about it to them. And this little miracle happened. They said, crazy as the coincidence was, that they too had a lump on their neck that they were concerned about. It had been bothering them for a year, and they had been meeting and avoiding to get it checked out. We were able to share our experience of pondering potential suffering and death, and, to, and agreed to be available to each other as we both navigated getting to the bottom of our lumps. It felt amazing to have a lump buddy. <laughs> Doctor's appointment day came. Knowing a few of my friends were keeping me in their prayers and hearing that my lump buddy had gotten the all clear earlier that afternoon gave me courage. But I still packed my bag full of snacks and little comforts in the event that the doctor discovered something terrible and sent me straight to the hospital. I told my friends I could be late to evening plans just in case. And I felt more than ever, uh, uh, more than ever that it was very likely I was going to be completely fine and I was scared shitless. And, well, my doctor placed her hand on my lump and had no trouble explaining why she was not worried one quit about it. <sighs> not today, Satan. <laughs> Two days later was Ash Wednesday, and as my Lenten practice, I decided to practice daily contemplation of death and mortality also known as momentum mori. My lump and five major deaths I've experienced in the last year have opened up the reality of death and mortality to me in a new way. And so I have dedicated this season to giving all of this stuff some special care. And here is what I've learned so far. Everyone's got lumps. 
Everyone's got something running in the background of their lives that could mean things will one day change for the worse. Whether it be a family history of suffering from illness or addiction, a bank account one unexpected charge away from crisis, a loved one who they fear will betray them, prejudice against them slumbering in our government administration, law enforcement, and society at large. The list goes on, especially if you start thinking of people all over the planet. Sometimes our lumps just go away. Mine hasn't. Most people's don't. Jesus' counsel in Mark 8 is this. Whoever wants to save their life will lose it. But whoever loses their life for me and for the gospel will save it. And there's great wisdom in this. Our energies are not made for the prevention of our deaths. One day, for all of us, there will be something we do not survive. But words of wisdom alone, or cute Grim Reaper cartoons, or death-saturated media, take your pick, have the potential to create a false sense of peace about death. Many a wise word built walls in my mind, separating me from fear, from the fear that having a lump had created in my body, fear that needed love and attention. But looking fear in the face is really hard without just like never getting out of bed in the morning. Well, maybe that's just me. <laughs> Mark's beautiful kickoff to Lent last week had a wonderful message that I really hope characterizes our Lenten season and our ponderings on the reality of death. Give up and do it together. I needed to give up a lot to face the reality of potentially having cancer. My powers of really good defense philosophizing, pretending to be okay, effing metal solitude, and baking my feelings combined were not a match for the awareness that I'm not gonna make it in this life. Not forever anyway. In order to, in Paul's words, decide not to live on the basis of what I see I cannot do but on the basis of what God said she will do, I need effing metal togetherness. All by ourselves, leaning only on our own powers, the whole death where is thy sting thing kind of just comes off as just not really knowing very much about the very real, very painful sting of death. So, if you needed a sign today to tell a friend about your lump, whatever it is, this is it, girlfriend. Get yourself rooted, lumpy, in love together. Amen. place back into the world, to proclaim the saving message of God in word and action, to challenge and compassion to all creation. And 
we go in the confidence that comes from knowing that Christ's limitless grace, God's infinite love, and the Holy Spirit's relentless companionship always encompass us and are always within us. May God, the creator who made heaven and earth, bless us with creativity and wonder. May Jesus, who walked through fields and cities, bless us with kind hands and listening ears. May the Holy Spirit, who is around us and within us, bless us with the courage to be caring and just. May we work and walk in the strong love of the Trinity all our nights and days. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit.